but we were trying to conquer the kitchen sink. <laughs> and who won? Who won? <laughs> <laughs> kitchen sink won. <laughs> back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And this week we have joining us a repeat guest, Justin from Adventure is Out There Travel. Welcome, Justin. Thanks for having me again. It's an honor. Oh, it's so much fun talking to you, Justin, and catching up. And so you and your family took a trip down to the parks here recently over New Year's Eve, essentially, right after Christmas over New Year's Eve. So that week between Christmas and New Year's, which is usually a kind of a fun time to be at the parks, I think. But we're going to talk through your trip down there. Um, you were headed from what? balmy temperatures in Illinois to the cold, cold weather of Florida? <laughs> yes. And you know, I, I like cold weather. Uh, Illinois, you get all four seasons and hopefully you can enjoy all of them, which I do. <laughs> well, I was watching some friends of mine complain that Florida was cold. I think they would have felt worse in Illinois than they would have in Florida at that time. But uh, <laughs> we should set up for listeners, Justin, you and your family actually experienced COVID firsthand and lived to tell the tale. So I think you guys were headed down with a little bit of a different outlook on the trip this time around. Or did, did that impact at all? You're heading down to Disney World. Did you feel safer because you'd sort of already been exposed to the virus or... Maybe a little bit, but we didn't. That wasn't a thought of ours. And you are right. We actually were scheduled to meet you and not really meet you, but <laughs> be in the parks from December 18th to Christmas Eve originally. But we did at the end of November, early December, all four of us had COVID. We had two family members test positive, obviously, for everybody's sake, rescheduled. And everybody got through with very mild symptoms. So we got real lucky with that. You flew down. What was uh, what was MCO like when you got there? I've, I've seen different reactions to the airport, but uh, how are things looking? Were lots of people back in the airport as compared to some of your prior trips? Yes. This is the third time we have visited Walt Disney World since the shutdown. When we went December 28th to January 3rd, both Midway here in Chicago and MCO were much busier than they were in the past. Again, though, most of the people are wearing masks and doing a decent job of social distancing. So, Justin, it sounds like you got a stroller rental from Kingdom Strollers. I'm curious what the process is like these days, because like even pre-COVID, the processes have been sort of altered throughout the parks. So what was the process like for kind of pick up and drop off for your stroller for those who have kiddos out there who might need one? Kingdom Strollers still has a lot of options to choose from as far as meeting a member of their staff at your resort. Um, on both the front and back ends of your trip. They're very accommodating. What we chose this time was Tracy wanted to pick up the stroller at the airport. Tracy went to pick that up while I went and picked up the luggage. It worked out really well. We actually were able to meet at Magical Express at the, about the same time. Son and I went and got all the luggage and, and they, my wife and daughter went and got the stroller and it worked out really well. Magical Express was backed up quite a bit, but I'm going to come back to that. At the end of the trip, we were able to schedule a time where... Kingdom Strollers would meet us at our resort lobby. And they were very prompt. They were actually, I think, 10 or 15 minutes early. I'm an early riser, as I've talked to you uh, about in the past. So I met the guy right there. He scanned it in and took it. It was very convenient. I like how they have different options to choose from. Back to Magical Express. Magical Express was backed up very far down that wing where they have different rental car places and stuff. Even with the, the physical distancing spaces, I think it was about 45 minutes just to 
you get from where we got in line up to one of the at the time two cast members letting people through and i think there i think there's three or four different booths where cast members could be standing um, i don't know if we just got there at a busy time or what but it seemed to take a while but strollers are still a savior i don't know our daughter turned seven on this trip so i think that she got some bad news out of where we have a scheduled visit in March for spring break. We're trying to talk her into not getting a stroller, but we'll see. She's a, she's a, a Disney princess for sure. <laughs> yeah. Our son turned seven here in November and we just donated his jogging stroller and not that we carried it with us on trips, but we usually rented a jogging stroller and we go to Disneyland and especially Disney world with all the walking. But uh, yeah, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. We've got a river cruise with him next December in Europe and, and lots of walking usually associated with kind of European visits, right? And so we're trying to figure out how we're going to start him on a walking regimen here around our neighborhood to get his legs built up to, <laughs> to sustain. That's what my wife said to our daughter, too. <laughs> I, she uh, she gave her a look like, are you serious? But I'm, I think I wrote a blog post once uh, a long time ago about how the stroller, it, it double, it has so many uses, especially at Walt Disney World. One kid could sit in it for a while, the rest, and then the other kid can too. But you can put so much stuff in there all your water bottles and, and shopping you know you put your stuff in there when they don't do resort drop off right now for your items it's ba- it's a mobile base so i don't know I, I don't mind getting it right now well you were staying at copper creek i think that's right and so how was it how was the resort how did it feel in terms of capacity and cleanliness and all that sort of stuff well, I, I should mention, you had Tracy on here before on our last discussion. It's her favorite resort. Wilderness Lodge is her favorite. Her favorite thing to do, I think, at Walt Disney World is ride the boats. That boat transportation to and from Magic Kingdom is very enjoyable for her. I really like Geyser Point any time of day, but in the evening, going out there next to the lake was very nice. And then the decor- the holiday decorations, you hear about the Grand Floridian being decorated really nice. And recently, Animal Kingdom Lodge was decorated really nicely. But Wilderness Lodge, in our family's opinion, kind of stands up above the rest as far as those Christmas decorations there. Roaring Fork was okay. They had the mobile order going on. I'll add, you know, during those busy times compared to the last couple of days, mobile order took a little bit longer than usual. It was very easy to navigate. If you were there early in the morning or later in the evening, there was very few people sitting around. Pretty easy to get nice pictures of the of the resort without a whole lot of people in the background. We have stayed in the lobby area of Wilderness Lodge in the past, and it it's not always real quiet, but this trip it was, and everything was real clean. I'll add that. What was the pool like over at Copper Creek? It sounds like you might have spent a couple days by the pool. Was it open? Was it busy? How, how was that? It was busier than the last time, but you know, to put things in perspective, especially when we stayed at Beach Club, that was when the parks were still closed. So like there was nobody there. We talked about that where, where we would walk from Beach Club to Boardwalk. One night we didn't see anyone. That's how it was then. So there were many more families there, but they do a good job. If you sit somewhere, you're supposed to arrange the seats a certain way so the cast members know to come by and clean them. And they do that as much as possible, but you can tell not everybody follows those protocols. So New Year's Day was a non-park day for us. So we stayed there for probably about four hours or so. And I got there somewhat early. We had some pretty decent seating and we had a table as well. It gets busier, but it's still manageable. People are very respectful. People have their masks on unless they are going to the water. For the most part, you see some people moving around without masks, but it wasn't anything that was concerning. And and overall, I guess, before we dive into some of the parks you went to, Justin, I mean, did it feel like it was approaching something more normal this time around uh, as compared to your prior trips? And how are the crowd levels and, and that sort of stuff? It feels a little more normal. 
yes, but I know it is not. It is just because everything is spaced out so much. I think now it's giving you the feeling of being a little more crowded than what it actually is. I was just talking about this today, actually, with a colleague. Even for Geyser Point, they have lines taped down on the concrete on where your family's supposed to stand. It makes things seem more full than what they are. So it feels that way, although it's not. How was mask compliance? Did it feel like folks were wearing the masks and the you know staff was enforcing the masks? I don't know about staff. You could see people getting away with pushing it and not really a whole lot of enforcement. But I saw a lot of people just wearing masks the nor- the way they're supposed to. It's got it's got to be in the nineties high nineties percentile. And you always see people you know with it down below their nose and and things like that. But most people are wearing it properly without any kind of corrective action. Well, you hit all four parks, I guess. I'm going to dive into one of the more controversial parks, I guess, right now, which is Epcot. <laughs> how are things at Epcot? Are the construction walls still up everywhere? And, and how was it to, to visit Epcot this time around? Well, our visit to Epcot was probably on the worst evening that we could choose, and it was New Year's Eve. But it was for a good reason, though, too. We were celebrating my daughter's birthday at Beaches and Cream, so it kind of worked out where two birds, one stone, Epcot and Beach Club right next door. But Epcot is, how am I going to say this? You you need to go there with purpose. Uh, (laughs) So if you don't have some certain things that you want to do, and you know, they had what's Festival of the Holidays. So you can go there and have some of those unique treats and snacks and, and, and drinks. So if that's what your purpose, make sure you have a list and go do those things. Those lines, again, seemed longer than what they are. They moved appropriately. But with all the construction going on, the walls up everywhere, there was like a 45-minute line to get into the Mexico Pavilion. It wrapped oh, wow. Around and around because of distancing, distancing inside the pavilion and then also on the outside. Was that just to get inside? I mean, was it specific to the Trace Cabaneros ride or was it to get a margarita or for everything? Like, was it just one line to get into the pavilion itself? The latter. Wow. to get into the pavilion. This is what I was talking about earlier, where it seems more full than what it actually is because everyone is spaced out so much. And now that the capacity is at that 35% and you have people standing up six to eight feet apart, that's what I was hinting at earlier. Because everybody's spaced out so much and trying to avoid each other, it, it seems like it's very full. It seems fuller than what it is. Epcot, if I were to go back right now, experiencing what we experienced, I'd probably skip it. Yeah. I mean, did it look like any of the construction was seriously underway? <laughs> Maybe there's an end in sight. France looks done. We rode the Skyliner because that's what our daughter wanted to do after we finished at Beach Club. So we rode the Skyliner all the way to Hollywood Studios. And when we rode over France, it is it looks, first of all, great. But I think they can open up to guests now and be fine. Over by Guardians, I don't know. I don't think they're even close over there. Uh, one of the cast members I was speaking with about France was saying that they wanted to open Guardians and Ratatouille at the same time. And I will be surprised and impressed if that happens. Well, it, it's, I'm curious on those rides. I'm wondering if they're holding off because of like pre-show constraints or things like that. Were they, did you get a chance to do, for instance, a runaway railway ride and were they doing the pre-show or are they still skipping it? They're still skipping it. Do you guys still have your annual passes, Justin, or were you buying tickets this time? Right. So our annual passes expired the 31st and we only renewed mine. And that's, you know, to continue to get annual pass holder 
room rates, the discounts and things like that. So you rode the Skyliner. You must have headed toward Hollywood Studios at some point then. So what was Hollywood Studios like? Was it crowded? That park's been the sort of epicenter of new rides recently. So was that the most crowded park? Yeah, it felt crowded. Um, not as crowded as Epcot on New Year's Eve, but it did feel crowded compared to Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom, probably just for the reasons that you said. Mickey's Runaway Railway, Rise. I and mean, we did get Rise at the one o'clock drop. I'm sure you you kind of followed along. They're doing it a little differently now. You can get it at 7 a.m. from your resort room or around Walt Disney World if you have a park reservation for that day. We missed that. I even had a, count, a counter going on my watch. I had it set and ready to go, but we didn't get the 7 a.m. one, but we did get the one o'clock one. The group number was 144 and they were moving kind of slow, but it ended up getting in there pretty easily. The uh, wait times were a little bit higher than what we are used to. Even when we go in the summer for long periods of time, we saw some in the 70s and things like that for rides that didn't really have that long of a wait on a normal day. I will say, though, even though it was posted 70 minutes, usually wasn't that long. You mentioned lines. Some of them seemed a little longer than others. So like, what were your wait times like for various rides around the parks? Usually between right around 45 minutes, sometimes you get 30. Now, I also use lines. So you get the real times there where they have people walking through the parks and reporting back actual times compared to what is posted. So I kind of cheat and follow along with that. And if you see a really long wait time somewhere in the park, there's usually an offset somewhere. You really, you truly do zig when other people zag. And that can save you, save you some time. Usually you're still waiting about 20 to 30 minutes right now when we were there, but it would be posted 40 minutes. So it's, it's kind of deceiving on what they are doing with their posted times compared to actual times. Yeah, I think when we had Lynn on, he was mentioning they were clearly using the posted times to try to divert people away from certain rides. At the almost every case, when they sent someone through the line to check the wait time, posted wait time, the, the actual wait time was almost always shorter than the posted wait time. So... And- I would second that. Right. And, you know, if I could put a percent on it, in some cases, it was half the wait time that what was posted. Without fast passes, though, you don't get those quick hits, which just kind of seems like it drags. You know what I mean? You could go do a ride with a fast pass and get it done in 15, 20 minutes. But then over here on your, you know, your space between every hour. So you can, you can double up on some rides with a fast pass here. There's no doubling up. It's always those wait times plus the experience time. At the minimum, you can have an experience, you know, half an hour to 40 minutes, and then you're on to the next one where some can take much longer. Those popular rides, Seven Dwarves, Space Mountain, they're going to take you an hour and a half to two hours to do right now. Again, we were there December 28th to <laughs> January 3rd, which is one of the busiest times that traditionally Walt Disney World has. So if you go next Next week when schools are going back to attendance, it's probably going to be totally different. Well, so the real litmus test for me on wait time would be either Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, since it's the new ride. Can't do Rise of the Resistance because that one's on a on a reservation basis, but Pandora and Flight of Passage. Did you check out Flight of Passage and how was that from a wait time standpoint? Yes, we did get to ride Flight of Passage. That's my favorite ride at Walt Disney World right now, so we'd have to hit it no matter what. It was near three hours when we first got to Animal Kingdom, but then, you know, it ebbs and flows with the park and then people are still kind of leaving early around four or five o'clock so you can get in later in the evening and, and ride it which is what we did I, I can't remember i think it was like 140 minutes or something like that's jumping out my mind i know it's not three hours but it was uh back to some of those very busy times that we've heard about 
Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's getting back to normal for that ride for sure. Are they seating like every other bike or speeder, however you want to call it, for that ride? Or how are they doing the, the seating for that ride? That's an interesting question. So in the little show right before the ride, they still have both rooms being utilized. There are three dots in the second room you go in and two dots in that first room. And they're all distanced out. And each family or person, depending upon how many people are in your party, gets their own dot and they have the video playing on both screens. And then they move you into the rooms to get on your Banshee. I was shoulder to shoulder with a guy there. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's really interesting. Now that I think about it, we wrote it twice, actually. One time I wasn't shoulder to shoulder, but we were. there was only one Banshee between us. But the second time we wrote it, I was shoulder to shoulder, and we both kind of said, weren't we just forced to be six feet apart in there, but now we're, you know, inches apart? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't get it either. Did you uh, did you hit up Disney Springs at all while you were there? Yes. So that uh, on the January 1st, that long pool day, we went to Disney Springs and it was very busy. Very, very busy. While you were over at Disney Springs, I'm curious, did you try out the new cookie place whose name is escaping me that was being all the rage last week on social media? Gideon's. Gideon's. Yeah. Did you make it in there? I wish. It, it was. It was a highlight. I've talked to a couple of my friends about Gideon's that are also Walt Disney World fans. It was a goal, but I failed at that as well. But there is pretty good reason, though. There was a queue. Yeah. For a queue, for a queue. <laughs> you had to queue up to join the virtual queue. And it was about 15 minutes or so through that initial queue. When I got to the woman that had the um, iPad, I scanned it or no, I just gave her my phone number. And she said, OK, it'll be about three hours in the virtual queue. And I said, all right, that sounds all right. I don't know how long we'll be here at Disney Springs. I'll just see what happens. She said, okay, so when your number comes, you're going to go over there and see my friend and get in that queue to go into the store. So there were literally three queues to get into Gideon's and a total of a give or take four hours it would have been. So I failed at getting into Gideon's, but it is still a goal of mine to go. I was talking to some other cast members. They said, you know, there's another one here in town. You can just go to that. There's no wait at all. You just go in. Yeah, I saw, I saw online that Gideon's has a way for you to pre-order cookies because the waiting in line, I think you're somehow limited when you go in the store. Not that I could Im ever imagine buying more than one or two <laughs> of their cookies because I think each one's like a pound or something. <laughs> but, but like the, their big advertising point on their website is if you order ahead, you can order as many as you want. But I also saw that they have now closed in Disney Springs, at least temporarily. They said that was sort of, you know, the speculation is they were soft open last week. Folks don't know why they've closed down. But they, you know, they've shut the doors for the time being over in Disney Springs and sort of unclear when they will be back. So I can't imagine they won't be back given the line, <laughs> a line for oh. a line for a line uh, and everything I was reading last week. I think people were loving it. So I can't imagine it's, you know, financially unviable for them. So hopefully they're just making some tweaks to the store or the process or something and then they'll be back. But yeah. Or um, renting out another building. I don't know. <laughs> increasing oven capacity or something. Right. So, yeah. 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 I, I saw the post last week about it and I was like, I really really got to get over there and try one of these things because they look amazing. So Justin, a couple of more questions here. So maybe we can shift over to some just general questions for you. You mentioned it was your daughter's birthday. Um, what'd you guys do? How'd you celebrate? That was our Epcot day. We went into Epcot. She got to pick out all of the rides that we did in the order in which we did them. I thought that Frozen was going to be first, but it was not. It was Test Track. So she, her personality is definitely changing. <laughs> so, but we got to do all the ones she wanted to in there. And then we had a 7.30 dinner at Beaches and Cream and we talked strategy beforehand 
We split meals, which I usually don't like to do, and neither does my son. But we were trying to conquer the kitchen sink. <laughs> and who won? Who won? <laughs> <laughs> kitchen sink won. <laughs> but I, you can get a kitchen sink customized however you want. The No Way Jose is my favorite dessert, I think, almost anywhere. They were able to modify the kitchen sink however we wanted. So they made like a No Way Jose version of the kitchen sink. So it was great. And then after that, she wanted to ride the Skyliner. So we rode the Skyliner from International Gateway all the way to Hollywood Studios. And we hopped on a, on a bus and, and made our way back. A lot of the resorts were doing some special things for New Year's Eve. You could mobile order champagne and, and different sh- uh, charcuterie boards and wine and just different snacks. They were also streaming fireworks at two different times. One was at eight eight thirty something, and then the other one was later at like quarter till midnight or something like that. We didn't make it. We were we were exhausted, <laughs> and the ice cream coma that I was fighting the entire time just took <laughs> over, and I didn't even make midnight on New Year's Eve. So that was her birthday. Well, we, we make midnight on New Year's Eve every year, but just on East Coast time. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, and while we were in Norway, we were in the store of Norway and they all of a sudden some loud cheering and stuff. And the cast member said, it is midnight. It is 2021 in Norway. So I guess I'll cheat like you and say, yes, I stayed up till the turn of the year. That was about 10 a.m. on the day of probably. <laughs> that, and that gave me an idea. Could you like bounce around in World Showcase during those different times? That'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah. I wonder if they do that. I wonder if each country sort of celebrates New Year's on its uh, on its schedule. Right. That would be really cool, actually, to sort of go around to each country and celebrate New Year's each time. Uh, it? Yeah, that'd be really fun. Was there anything that you guys were hoping to do that you didn't get to do, Justin? I don't believe so. Overall, if you go there with a plan, you're going to be fine. Dining, especially if you want some table service experiences right now, get those made as soon as possible. Yes, they are doing some walk-up things, but those are never guaranteed. And they, we saw that they filled up pretty quickly for those popular spots. But you definitely have to have a plan right now because I think I spoke to you earlier about Slinky Dog Dash going down. Well, at the same time, Rise of Resistance went down and so did Small smugglers run. Mm. So have a plan, know what you want to experience, be ready to shift. I also talked about using the lines app zig when everybody else zags. Mm-hmm. Still going to have a really good experience. The fireworks, we were kind of really hoping to see something. They were doing one little explosion when the decorations on the castle shifted from one projection yeah. to another projection. There was one little explosion and that was it for fireworks that we saw. I think that would probably Probably be the only thing, but we, you know, like I said a moment ago, we plan on going back in March, and then we have a couple family trips this summer down there already in discussion. So we got to have a very good, very pleasant trip. Got to experience some new things. Mama Melrose was new for us. Actually, Kona Cafe was new for us too. We, we've been to Ohana several times, but never Kona. So we got to do some new things, got to do our favorites and just had a really pleasant trip. We know we're going to go back. We know we're going to go back very often. So it's a little bit different for us and probably your family, but something changed this time where if it was somebody that was didn't go that often, I would definitely say hold off because of some of those dining experiences not being available, the rides going down. Like to us, it wasn't a big deal. We'll just go over here and do this or that. But if somebody has their heart set, we saw one kid get very, very emotional when Slinky Dog Dash went down. They were just in line for over an hour and then it got 
I mean, it was down, down. They were moving us out, giving us a fast pass to return. They were telling people, we don't know when it's going to come back online. And that could happen even in the summer. I get that. But with everything else going on, those families would be better better off holding, holding off for a little bit. One more comment would be, we're fairly cautious people. And from Thanksgiving to winter break, we were remote learning and our family was home a lot, not really out and about. And we we got COVID. At Walt Disney World, if you don't feel safe at Walt Disney World, I don't know where to tell you to go. Because at the grocery store here where I live in a very small town, the post, you know, at the banks, it's much safer at Walt Disney World. So if that's what's holding people back, if it's the experience, I understand. I get that. But if it's the safety that's where I would say Walt Disney World is safer than your Walmart visit, your Target visit, wherever you're going. The protocols that Walt Disney World has in place are much safer than what I experience out and about where I live. No, that I, I think if anyone's going to do this right, it's going to be Disney because the last thing they want is some media splurge of, you know, all of these like super spreader events at Disney World. <laughs> it's not going to help them out. Right. Are you guys yeah. looking forward to the 50th, Justin? You got plans to go uh, celebrate any of the 50th anniversary stuff at Disney World? We we will probably go right now. It's probably four trips in 21. We're going to go for spring break and then two or three weeks in July. And then we'll have probably a Halloween fall visit and another winter Christmas visit as well. So I don't know about necessarily celebrating the 50th, but celebrating Walt Disney World the way our family usually does. It was a bummer we didn't get a chance to meet up this time, Justin, but I'm hoping to have more trips planned. So hopefully we will overlap once again in the parks and we'll be able to catch up for that drink in person. I hope so. too. Yeah, the offer is still there. Whatever we can get that planned out, I'm game. Thank you so much for having me on again. I really appreciate it. I really enjoy your guys' show, all of them. You guys put out some wonderful content, have some great guests. It's it's Your show is wonderful, so keep up the good work. Well, th- thank you for that. And Justin, let folks know how they can find you and Tracy if they want to book a fabulous Disney vacation with the Adventurers Out There Travel. Yes, my wife and I are co-owners of Adventure is Out There Travel. We have that's the website adventuresoutthertravel.com. But on Facebook, my wife and I were both teachers, so our Facebook page is Adventures by Educators. So if you look that up, we have both a page and a private group for our our clients past and future. So feel free to hit us up there. All right. Well, Justin, as always, thanks for sharing your family's experiences at the parks and really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Brian. It's always fun to catch up with Justin and his family. I love hearing about his experiences in the park and love his perspective on things. You know, Justin was just a listener who reached out, was interested in being on the show. And we love to have folks on like that to hear kind of the experience of our listeners. We always love to meet our listeners. And Justin's been on like three times now. I'm hopeful we'll get a chance to meet up in person in the parks because it's just been so much fun meeting him and his family. So uh, if you're interested in being a guest on our show, reach out. Uh, We love to meet folks and we love to have them on the show and help people tell their Disney stories, especially their Disney Cruise Line stories, I should say. So with that, I do want to thank everyone for listening to our bonus episode this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also do leave us those five-star written reviews over at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are really helpful in surfacing our podcast to folks who might be looking for content like ours about Disney Cruise Line and other Disney topics. So head over, leave us those reviews. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail or reach out to us on social media at DCL Duo. You can also join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you want to join our community of like-minded cruisers and have some fun conversations, head over to Facebook and hit join on that group. You can also head over to our 
DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content, including our DCL 101 series with more and more episodes coming out. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Mm-hmm.